You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. This is episode 145. We're five away from 150, guys. What uh, anniversary is this? Yeah. Uh, uh, what is the 150th anniversary? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> I mean, do people actually, do you go that far? Because it's uh, what well, diamond com- is it? companies go that far. Oh, that's so, true. Like, yeah. Nintendo just turned like 180 something. I mean, so. it's not technically an anniversary. It's just that's how many episodes we've done. It, every episode is an anniversary of the last episode. Oh, fair. Okay, so listeners, as you can see, we have John and Jessica here today. Hello. And uh, we're going to be talking about episode five of uh, first season of Carnival Row on Amazon Prime. Um, Grieve no more. I want to say this mm. before we start, or before we get into that part. I, as bad as the writing is on the show, I was super confused in this episode. <laughs> uh, I felt I liked it a little bit more than other episodes. I can get but it that. Definitely was filmed differently, and they, it definitely had a different sort of. And I think it was a side story. Yeah. About the guy that opened the show yeah but we'll talk more about that and and that's the one thing about this show also is all the side stories don't quite make a sense to me yeah like you're waiting for the connection yeah it's like loose threads that are just getting more loose yeah it's it's (laughs) the fraying at the end of the rope instead of them coming together uh so yes um we will get into that but did you find out something about 150 I couldn't find anything. Nope. <laughs> Apparently sweet. there's nothing. It was okay. like, nobody lives this long. <laughs> uh, but yes, we will talk about Carnival Row after we get into some geek news from the week. All right. So when you're sitting there, you're you're watching Spider-Man movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, let's talk about Spider-Man first. That's the big news. Yeah. Yep. Spider-Man, Tom Holland's Spider-Man's coming back to the MCU. What? No way. I thought <laughs> Disney and Sony hated each other. I thought it would never happen. I mean, the Sony guy came out, what, a week ago, said it's done. There's nothing's going to happen. <laughs> there, there's no way. It's 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 No one's going to be able to, to get this figured out. And then this week we come out and find out that... Disney agreed to doing mm-hmm. 25 taking 25%. 25% yep. of the profit, they have to put up 25% of the production cost. Yeah. And they also have to lend over Kevin Feige and his producing expertise. Yeah. So, it's a uh, half of what they asked for the 50%. Yeah. It is more than what they were getting the 5%. Are we happy with this? So and, and to say this is Tom Holland coming back as Spider-Man in the MCU for one more Spider-Man movie solo and mm-hmm. one more movie in the MCU. Yeah, most people were speculating that it will be Captain Marvel two. Don't know if that's true. Don't know if that's how it will work. It seems weird because everybody was kind of. I I feel like the movies, the whole MCU in the 
third mm-hmm. phase was pumping up Spider-Man to be the new leader of the Avengers. Yeah. So him not being able to be in that many movies means he's not going to be the leader of the Avengers. Yeah. And it could also be it's another one. This is a for now contract kind That's of thing. That's true. Because by the way, this is how contracts work. That's right. You go in with one deal and then Sony <laughs> goes, no. And then you go in with another deal a few <laughs> weeks later. <laughs> I think I mentioned it before when we were talking about it when he was officially canceled. When like it was done. It's just like, it's not done. Like it's just... <laughs> Everybody's just throwing these memes everywhere. Like, just calm down, guys. Yes, but the memes are fun. <laughs> the memes were very fun. I really did enjoy the memes. And it just really did seem like as soon as the memes like disappeared forever and we got over it, boom, Spider-Man's back. New thing happens. More memes. <laughs> I feel like somewhere out there, Andrew Garfield just feels like they twisted the knife a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, because you think? Because he's, Tobey Maguire's like, ah, he gets to have a third movie just like me. Third one, yeah. yeah. But but Andrew Garfield's just sitting there like motherfucking. He's, he's probably working the uh, the Hollywood strip in a homemade Spider Man costume. He's doing just fine, okay. Yeah. Andrew Garfield's doing just fine. Is he really? Is he, what is he doing? Last thing I remember him in was he did the um he did that uh what what are those called the people that go on missions uh, a missionary okay he did that movie for Scorsese. Some big director. Oh, okay. It was in Japan. Oh, it wasn't what I thought it was about then. Him and Liam Neeson, I think. Oh, was it Liam Neeson? Right. I think I remember yeah. the trailer for And then he that also movie. did that Heartbreak Ridge or uh, yeah. Hacksaw Heartbreak Ridge. Ridge. Hacksaw, yeah. yeah. That's right. Hacksaw Ridge. I, which I enjoyed that yeah. movie a lot, mm-hmm. even though it was a Mel Gibson directed movie. What's wrong with huh. him? Uh. Yeah. What could be wrong with yeah. Mel Gibson? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he directs a hell of a movie. He does. I mean, I like I said, sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't like more than half the stuff you do like. That's true. Yeah. Pretty accurate. <laughs> trying, to, trying to blind eye to things sometimes. Just especially especially as a woman, you really have to do that a yeah, lot a when lot. it comes to Hollywood. Yeah. I feel for you guys. I really do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Tom Holland, does anybody suspect that if they can't convince him to or convince Sony to re-up after those two movies, mm-hmm. would the MCU kill him off? Again? <laughs> I mean, I could see it happening and it would only benefit Sony because then Sony can bring in Miles, Miles uh, Morales as their new Spider-Man in live action. Yeah. So maybe the stipulation is that they just don't want Sony to use this version of Spider-Man so they're going to try to Yep. Work something out and then mm-hmm. they can do their own thing that's now completely separate. I think so. That could be a good way to go about it. So how would they do it? Well, so if you had the third Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. I would do it. I, you would have to kill him in his own movie. You would have to make it so that he shows up in mm-hmm. whatever big crossover movie it's going to be. Uh, he's battling with his identity being out there. Towards the end of that movie, he gets injured pretty critically. Yeah. Not dead. But then, and his next, his own Spider-Man movie is him dealing with you. Do, you you do the Ultimate Spider-Man storyline where he's he tr- he makes his way back home. Uh, the whole Sinister Six is there waiting for him, and he has to eventually beat them or die. And or unfortunately, both, or 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 yeah, yeah or both. Hmm. Uh, now, I would like it to be kind of a combination movie where you do have the situation he gets confronted by the Sinister Six. They royally kick his ass. And then something happens, either by mistake or you know some other comic book writing. 
he becomes man spider. Ooh. Ooh. And okay. then that's how All he right. manages to fight back against the Sinister Six and beat them. But now he's a monster. And then you have to send Craven the Hunter <laughs> to bring him down. That wouldn't be bad. Craven the Hunter uh, as the third movie. I'd be I'd be okay with that. However, Sony's already said they're making a Craven movie, so I don't know if they'll allow Disney, Disney to use that Craven, character. Yeah. I also nominate Vigo Mortensen as Craven the as Hunter. As Craven the Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I think he's still too young of a Spider-Man to kill off yet, though. And, and well, I, he and, just, I mean, he basically, I mean, everybody has been complaining about the Iron Man boy mm-hmm. thing. He literally just became Spider-Man at the end of his second movie. Like You're, when he did that fight scene at the end using his Spidey sense or Peter Tingle, um, <laughs> he became Spider-Man. Like you can't like have him become Spider-Man and then like a year later kill him off or when he's a year older. Like they're going to have to really be able to develop him. I, you're, through you're, that cameo and then to kill him off at the end of his own movie, the next movie. I you're right. I, I, just I think, think it's pushing it. If you go with the, the Ultimate Spider-Man version of, of the character, mm-hmm. he did die at the age of 16. Like he... What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he passes it on to Miles Morales, who is 13, I think. Uh, so even younger. Oh and, my gosh. And yeah. Comic books are harsh. Yeah. <laughs> They were. Stick to my cinematic universe. (laughs) And he's still too young to do certain plot lines like the Clone Saga, where you could kill him off and. Having a a, a Tom. a a Hom Tallinn (laughs) show up. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, I mean, you could also maybe have him die in a Spider Man, you know, Ultimate Carnage type movie with Venom, too. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Because that was. Wasn't that also going to be. Maybe um, part of the deal is that now this same Tom Holland Spider Man has to be shared. And they're separate universes. I did hear about that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the idea that he could show up in Venom 2 and actually deal with that. He could show up in Morbius, mm-hmm. which is filming right now or in post-production right now. Yeah. Uh, these are all things that, I, if I was Sony, I would be like, yeah. we need this part of our deal, too. <laughs> yeah, this is just the Disney side of the deal that we're seeing. We're that not we're, seeing if yeah. Sony's going to use Spider-Man in their other films still or not. It should if, be complete within the right. They, they're the ones who own the movie rights to him. Yeah, and if, I just feel so bad for Tom Holland, too, to be killed off because he just loves this role so much. And he's pretty much said, the only way I want to stop doing Spider-Man is if they kill me off. So. <laughs> well, I think I have something to say about that when we get to a story later, too. Okay. Um, so, speaking of the Sony Spider-Man universe, you know what character they really should make a movie about? I bet you everybody knows about this character and has been waiting for it. Madam Web. Oh, yeah, that one. You know all her great stories? On the web. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the point. No one (laughs) really knows about... I read comic books. Did she make the internet? Is that what she does? (laughs) (laughs) That would be better. She's J. Jonah's mother No, she's not even J. Jonah's mother. She's just an old lady who is technically a mutant in the the Marvel comics. Okay. She is connected to the quote-unquote web of life and can see the future. She's blind. She's an older lady. Uh, that is also the first Madam Web. The second Madam Web is uh, Julia Carpenter, who was the second Spider Woman. So there's all so, that. So she is the internet. Then. Yeah. Is that what it is? Sure. <laughs> she Essentially, she's brought in when Spider Man needs to do the war- the the stories where uh, things are happening to multiverse Spider Men. So okay. I can understand them wanting to bring her character in so that they can introduce Venom. Tom Holland and Miles Morales all into this into one cohesive story, but why would Madame Web need her own movie? 
You know who they should get to play her, though, even <laughs> if this is kind of a weird idea? Jessica Walters would be the perfect Madam Web. I, you know what? I didn't think about that, but I was I was thinking Helen Merrim, but okay. Jessica Walters works, too. Yeah, and I'm just thinking based on the voice, because the only place I know Madam Web from is from, from the, the 90s, 90s cartoon. cartoon yeah, <laughs> where that's exactly what happens. Like, she appears a couple times in the early on. Uh, just to kind of offer guidance but then later you find out that she's working with the beyonder uh, because of the multiverse thing that's going on and i really like that plot line i think that was like the series finale yeah where all the different spider-man came yeah, together and how they have the one spider-man that's from like our universe that's just an actor just an actor that plays spider-man on yeah. tv and he's like i have no idea why i'm here yeah i'm an actor and, uh, but yeah, but then you also have the the Man Spider version, mm-hmm. and one of my favorites, the Armor Spider Man, the original Armor Spider, yeah, yeah. which is so ridiculous in nineties. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it again. Though you're, I absolutely agree with you that why does she need her own movie, and what would that even be about? Like, exactly, yeah. what would it be about? And then that's they the essentially they. All that they have it right now is they have the two writers who wrote Morbius writing the movie for at Madam Web. So apparently Sony is really happy with the Morbius movie at this point. Okay. That's all that's really what that tells me. Uh, I'm guessing if that's true, it might not actually be a uh Madam Web movie. It's more of a mo- uh, Spider-Man movie that's going to have Sp- Madam Web be a central part. Because, like, I'm what I've been trying to say is there's no need for a Madam Web movie. She's not an action-packed character. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess if it's going to be some weird psychedelic horror, and you do you go the same route that like Doctor Strange could have went. And Ooh, if they did hmm. horror, that'd be cool. Yeah, because I mean, Venom was on teetering on horror. Like, if they had actually gone full R, yeah, it could have been a lot more horror. But they decided to back off and do PG-13. Yeah could have been like the blob it could have been like the blob okay so uh moving on to kevin feige big news with him he's going to be walking across the hallway over there at disney and make a star wars movie now if anybody listened to the hey mitch episode of john being on there talking you know john knows a lot about star wars (laughs) yeah so uh me personally, I don't like this because that means it's going to be taking time. He's going to be taking time away from doing MCU stuff, which more than likely he's probably d- tired of it. He, yeah. He's probably just like, I'm done. They're throwing more stuff on him. Like the TV show stuff that's on Disney Plus is, mm-hmm. is his bag too because rumors have it that uh, Marvel TV, Marvel Television as a department in general is just going to be going away because mm-hmm. uh, Ghost Rider on Hulu has been canceled. Yep. Um, and that was a spinoff of sorts from Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield has been canceled or not, not renewed, so to speak. All the Netflix Marvel shows are gone. There's rumors that that should sh- that those shows might show up on FX, which maybe I don't know. I don't even know mm. if that's even possible. Mm. But uh, yeah, Kevin well, they Feige- sold all the suits and everything, though, didn't they? Yeah, but they Disney has the money to ones. make new ones. Yeah. <laughs> Lower budget, like spandex. lower budget, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kevin Feige, he is going to work with Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy, mm-hmm. not replace her, to make one a Star Wars movie. And he's just the producer; he's a creative producer. He's not going to be a director or a writer or anything like that. Which is what he does in the MCU. He's mm. the creative producer. How do you feel about this as two Star Wars fans? Well, 
I don't know. To me, maybe it is that he maybe he wants to do a Star Wars film. I, I, Since I, he's only doing one and he's letting the other person still do it, like maybe maybe he's like, let me get in on this Star Wars. Stuff. He's he's definitely a Star Wars fanboy. Yeah. He's, he's he was a fan of that before he's a fan of Marvel. As you can see in Phase Two of Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. there's at least one character that gets their hand cut off yep. as an homage to mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker getting his yeah. hand cut off. So, uh, yeah, do you, do you think that he could make an uh, incredible Star Wars story? Like, who, do you think this will one? Do you think this will be attached to the Benioff and Weiss story? Do you think this will be attached to the uh, Ryan Johnson? R- Ryan Johnson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Johnson story do you you know uh anything other than the those things being created over at Star Wars it's hard to say right now because we don't know what's happening right now we don't know for sure even though Ryan Johnson still keeps saying he's doing the uh his own trilogy that hasn't actually been confirmed anywhere Mm. and rumor Mm. has it that that might not actually be happening anymore uh, the Benioff and Weiss stuff I mean that's supposed to be again rumored to be the old republic uh, storylines um, what he could be doing is anybody's guess and to me it just reeks of desperation on on, on uh, whose part on, yeah. on Disney's part on basically, Disney's part or Lucasfilm's part um, well Disney kind of losing faith in Kathleen Kennedy I don't think that they mm-hmm. are the fact that they're keeping her they, on didn't they just renewed her contract last yeah. year I think and I've heard rumors about that that that's to save face that they don't it, you know basically giving her any kind of punishment or demoting her or taking away the power from her would be them admitting that they screwed up. And that's the one thing that they don't want to do. You know what? Save face is one thing. Losing billions of dollars is another. Like there's, I, I don't know, man, if she was doing a bad job for them, they I would, mean, they would cut, they would cut rope. They did with Phil, Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Apparently Star Wars <laughs> galaxies isn't doing that hot either. Yeah, How does that have to do with they, Kathleen Ten- Kennedy though? It's the whole Star Wars brand is yeah, not they, doing as good as they hoped it would be. They also park wise just cut off a female. She was like, she ran the parks yeah. here in America and Paris and galaxy's edge supposedly has a big deal to do with that too. So they're not afraid to cut somebody off. Yeah, so, I, I, I think mean, she uh, might have an airtight contract or something like this. No, they just renewed no. her contract. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It just, I don't know, <laughs> something about it just doesn't seem right. It seems fishy. I just yeah. think that, I mean, unfortunately, Disney tried to do with Star Wars what they did with their their own characters, their, mm-hmm. their originally owned characters, and they oversaturated it. And so people, it's not a special thing anymore. Yeah. So yeah. that's the problem. When you can buy... R2-D2 bananas at the grocery store, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have a special thing. I, to me, Star Wars isn't, wasn't a big part of my fandom anyways, but mm-hmm. I feel like the people who, who did have the big big fandoms for it, like they well, were already you crushed. you Yoda like, coffee mug on your desk over there. Someone gave yeah. it to me because <laughs> as soon as you tell people that you're a geek or a nerd, they assume it's that you like, like Star Yoda. Wars. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So... Uh, uh, yeah, when you know you you they, people your Star Wars fans were already crushed when the the trilogy or the prequels came out, mm-hmm. and then I think you got half of them back when Force Awakens came out, and the other half were like, well, this isn't the same. This isn't George Lucas anymore. So, yeah. 
I don't know. Which, I mean, but if you're a real fan, then uh, like John, you could also point out that George Lucas really didn't do anything for Star Wars. So this is also correct. <laughs> so those true fans are not true fans. But Although there are some people that are excited about the prospect of it coming back to offer some kind of guidance or to for Lucasfilm to reuse his treatments that were discarded for the last movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, kind of a tangential story to this that we might be touching on, but yeah, apparently. Um, Lucas had ideas that he wrote down for seven, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. uh, but Disney was under no, you know, uh, obligation. Yeah, to, to use them. To use them, they just basically bought them from him, um, so that he would, you know, kind of sweeten the deal. Was like, yeah, like we'll look at them. You know, we might not do it, but we'll definitely look at them. And we'll put some- your art goes right up here on the on the refrigerator. Yeah, so nice. Mm-hmm. What you're referring to is Bob Iger's book that came out this past week, and he in the book he, he explained that George Lucas was not too happy with uh, himself or the deal after he made the deal, after he sold Lucasfilm yeah. to Disney. Uh, which, I mean, anybody which, that's seen any interviews about the sale will know that. I already yeah. know that. Yeah. Lucas was very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. But he sold it. I mean, you can't really you, be yeah. upset after you sell something. It's That's the problem. That's I mean, how you, it works. You shouldn't be, but you can. You will. There's just people that can't let go. He considered he. I think he described it like something like a divorce. That's when you. That's why you put it in that clause of your sale clause, being like, okay, but you have to keep these things the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously yeah. he he had a little bit too much you good faith. Sign in a them. prenup. He, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You gotta sign a prenup. Uh, so Kevin Feige also said in the interview or in the statement that he had already spoken to a major star about being in his Star Wars movie. Keanu Reeves. I honestly think it's Tom Holland. Oh. I think I think he sees something in Tom Holland. It's kind of one of the reasons why he fought so hard for him. Oh, yeah. And I think that would also be the biggest like kind of middle finger to Sony to be like, oh, you don't want us to use him in our Spider Man oh, stuff. Put him in this well, other we got him in Star thing. Wars stuff, <laughs> and then lock him into like a multi-year contract to keep him away from them. Exactly. You know, I've heard that. Um, I completely derailed. I guess. Ke- I guess one. Chris Chris Evans had made some statement online because I think a lot of people were spe- speculating that it was him was the big star and I think or the major star and I think he said something like I would love to like <laughs> it's not the not so much that yes it's me but it's more like yeah I'm there you know I had this really weird thought the other day I was looking at something on Facebook and there was a meme involving I think his name is Dacker Montgomery no uh, idea who that is the guy that played Billy in Stranger Things okay okay. And, like, the profile picture that they were using of him, if you just kind of block out the curly hair, it looks just like a young Mark Hamill. Really? Yeah. Well, um, isn't that what we already get with Sebastian Stan? Uh, well, Sebastian Stan's no longer the younger Mark Hamill. He's more like the uh, approaching middle-aged Mark Hamill. <laughs> I, mean, I guess if you wanted to have the stages, you could have, you know, like a younger, medium, and old Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. So, wait. In this scenario that you're you're proposing, we're doing Luke Skywalker again. We're going back to the Skywalkers. Well, interestingly enough, rumor has it that we're going to be revisiting and having some very heavy de aging effects in the next movie with some of the original characters. <laughs> okay. Whether that's time travel or flashbacks, we don't know yet for sure. But uh, does time travel exist in the Star Wars universe? Uh, it got introduced in Rebels, sort of. 
It's, it's I think could if you have black holes and you can do yeah. time travel oh, yeah. you're in the universe. It's a, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. There's all kinds of... Find I mean, there, there's ways they can do it, yeah. It could be a spiritual time travel where you're not actually traveling to the past. Oh, no, you didn't know that was a that was a Jedi ghost force, force ghost powered. I mean, that's kind of where that's going, yeah. It's like you meditate hard enough and I you can see things like you're in a pensieve in Harry Potter. It would make sense. Prophecy is also a Jedi power, so why yeah. couldn't you... If you could see the past see the as past. the future, why not the past, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It would, yeah, you could make it be plausible. It's just how you do it. Like, if you don't have a good enough or clever writer Mm -hmm. and it just comes off all like hackneyed, then yeah, it's going to suck. But if you kind of find a way to weave it in in a way that makes sense, then yeah, you know, it works. You know, we were talking a lot during, you know, my old podcast. I feel like we could do a three parter on that one. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like one of the things that we kind of touched up on is the language of cinema when it comes specifically to Star Wars. And it's not mm-hmm. so much about what you see, but also what you don't see. It used to be that you didn't have things like flashbacks or dream sequences or, you know, just certain things that are pretty standard for normal movies. But then The Last Jedi broke a lot of those rules. You had not only uh, flashbacks, but also unreliable narrator situations where it was different versions of the same story. And I was like, what is this, Hero all of a sudden? (laughs) Which is a great movie, by the way. It is. So uh, it's, again, yeah, certain things like time travel wouldn't be in the norm of Star Wars, but it's all about how you approach it. And, and tie it into the rest of the world in a way that makes sense within the logic. Mm-hmm. You have to know when to break those rules and okay. how. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stu Tane for part two of my podcast. <laughs> what if it's a Boba Fett movie? That's what he's going on for. Uh, <laughs> my pants just got tighter. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> That's okay. So, uh, uh, so Jurassic World. How does everybody feel about that franchise at this point? Uh, mm, I like the first movie. Okay. The second movie I enjoyed. There were a few, like the ending especially, just went really chintzy sci-fi for me. Like, <laughs> And I'm a fan of the book, so Ooh. really threw me. Like, I was like, no, did, this is not Michael Critchkin. <laughs> like, did no. either one of you watch the uh, the the short film that was just released, The Battle of Big Rock. No, I did not. So I Colin, heard it was good. But Colin Trevorrow, yeah, he, he released a, it's like eight minute movie. Uh, it's got Andre Holland in it from um, Castle Rock oh. and uh, Natalie Martinez, who you can currently watch on Island, The Island on Netflix. Um, okay. But it, it's it's them and their adopted family in a uh, RV at a campground and they're just having Sunday grill out dinner and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden uh, two uh, triceratops triceratops mm-hmm. show up at the thing oh. and then uh, you know three horns Mitch there you go three <laughs> horns they uh, show up at the campfire and they're oh look it's pretty blah 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 and then a carnivore shows up to eat them and then, not so pretty no more. Yeah, not so not so great anymore, as as Jeff Goldblum said in the second movie. He's mm-hmm. like, oh yes, it's all ahs and greats, and then then later on there's running, lots and lots of running. Yeah. Um, then it starts to attack and attacks them and all kinds of stuff. So it's actually really good, mm-hmm. better than I thought the other two movies were: Jurassic World One, and Jurassic World Two. And you remember how in Jurassic World Two the yeah. whole uh, promos for those movies kept showing you, hey. Jeff Goldblum's back. 
Yep. Well, you get to that movie and he's in it for a total of four movie, four minutes. Yeah. The what you saw in the trailers, yep. essentially, and then that wonderful speech at the end that really <laughs> brings really it did home. Not do well to me. <laughs> like, how much do you think they paid him for that one day's worth? Oh, of work? they paid him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, guess what? Him and Laura Dern and Sam Neill are all coming back for quote unquote significant roles in the third movie, Jurassic World Three. <laughs> Why significant? Significant because the, they really want this movie but, to do well, so they're going a, back to the first movie. But from a plot perspective, it doesn't make any sense because, I mean, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill and Laura Dern all just kind of were brought back to get were brought together originally, just on the lark essentially, and then mm-hmm. and as we saw in the second and third movies, they definitely went their own ways. I mean, there'd be no reason why ah Jeff Goldblum would have anything to do with dinosaurs. He's not even a paleontologist or anything. He's just a mathematician. <laughs> but he that, has yeah, some real-world experience. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, but so, it just, it's still so tangential. And, and I mean, if you remember from the third movie, um, what's uh, Laura Dorn's character is no longer a paleontologist. Like, she well, has she was that a, study, yeah, but she, she was a paleobotanist. Well, a paleobotanist, yeah. yeah. She's, actually, she's retired and she's doing other stuff, but she does have... The military right there on her sad phone in well, case something yeah. needs interestingly to enough too she's no longer with uh sam neill's character Alan well they Brett. were technically it's together at the end of the movie they just kind of were like the, there's the happens. eyes yeah yeah they, but she seemed like she was she had her own family at that point different yeah that's it's, it's a you know you gotta let it go sometimes so well i'm mean, just saying that something's gonna happen where the three of them eventually end up on screen who knows what it is but is that what you're saying you're you're just not this doesn't make you any more excited no, for the movie no does it actually turn you off to the movie uh kind of yeah because it, it just again reeks of desperation it's like oh no like you know we gotta bring them back to the second one didn't perform the way that we wanted it to yeah. so but wasn't i thought with when Jurassic World came out, I thought they said the first Jurassic World movie happened in this universe, but the second and third one didn't. Ooh. I, didn't... I thought I heard that. Oh, but I'm not a thousand percent positive. I thought that Jeff Goldblum's The Lost World didn't happen, and the third one definitely didn't happen. I did I did not hear that, so yeah, definitely look that, that up. That and that was how they things. could do that, because it was in The Lost World that all of a sudden they, people realized they're huge, huge, huge mistake. And right. Yeah. It turns out that they've all been hanging yeah. out together since the end of the last, the first movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, she could still be be with Sam Neill. W- well, not be with him. But, like, that's not important to the plot. Okay. But she could still be a dinosaur <laughs> or the no, plant. The, the woman has whatever. to have yeah. a male love interest. Otherwise, she's not integral to the story. Right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even catch that they were in a relationship till I was like older, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I just liked her." And then she was there. I was no, like, she was she good. Awesome. She, she like, had her own agency. Urgency. She had her own agency. Yeah. She, she. It's like I need to go check out these plants. Yeah, I need to she go. She was a very well-written character. And then I read the book in high school, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, <laughs> I don't know, like okay, but, but yeah, they have the whole uh, conversation with Hammond about like, "Hey, we can talk about." the gender the differences uh, later when we're not fighting for survival <laughs> that's pretty interesting yeah i mean all the dinosaurs were female so hey girl power yeah. <laughs> uh so yes the the three key roles for those characters we'll see if they make that third movie good or not 
Okay, so big news in the Batman universe. Matt Reeves, the Batman. First, we talk about Jeffrey Wright is in talks to play Commissioner Gordon, which I think is a phenomenal move. Jeffrey Wright definitely pulls off the key role. You, they're the key thing you need for a Commissioner Gordon. He wears be, glasses. Well, no, he needs to be upset and tired all at the exact same time. Because <laughs> he needs to look like he's worn down and pissed off. Mm-hmm. So Jeffrey Wright works. You know, that's the thing I didn't like about J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. He seemed a little too happy. He did. He's yeah. he's too he's too J. Jonah. Yeah. He's too pepped, like kind of thing. So uh, the other big <laughs> news. Oh, if you guys could see the look on his face right now, it's not good. <laughs> Jonah Hill is in talks, reportedly, to portray a villain in Matt Reeves' The Batman, opposite of. Robert Pattinson, the two roles that are being rumored at this moment are the Penguin and the most like the more likely one, the Riddler. No, stop saying that. <laughs> I am not happy about this. The Riddler is my favorite character. He can be the Penguin. That's fine. I'm, I, if he's I, the Riddler, I'm going to cry. See, thank you. <laughs> Why does he have to be the Penguin, though? Because, because actually, I don't care about the Penguin, okay? His, his swarminess would, would pay off more on the Penguin. Yeah. I know you're thinking about the size thing, but it's I think his... His arrogance pays off more yes. as the the penguin than it does as a regular. And I honestly, I don't, I don't like uh, Jonah Hill as an actor. Yeah, that too. Or a director. I feel like Mid the Riddler, 90s was not good the, because of, because of the lines that the Riddler said. The Riddler needs a really good actor. Yes, yes. Yeah, I've always thought. I mean, he is an Oscar-nominated actor. I can't, I can't fault that. What was he Oscar-nominated? He was for? Oscar-nominated for Several Moneyball things, and oh. Wolf of Wall Street. I forgot about that. Yeah, so oh, he, yeah. he's it, actually kind of good. No, 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 no. he's <laughs> good he in a certain type of film. Just because just he's nominated does not mean he's good. I've seen plenty of people be nominated that are not good actors. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. Anyways, uh, how does how do you feel, John? Jessica and I have already made our statements of what we feel about this ca- possible casting. Um, I think it's an inspired choice. Inspi- you, are, oh, that, you're God. literally just doing this to make me angry. Yeah, he is. And um, you know what? I think he could do no wrong in whatever role he's given. He's going to give it his all. <laughs> and he's going to surprise even the most ardent of naysayers. Have you watched Maniac yet? I saw the first episode. You saw the first episode when we were talking way back before the, yes. the, last, the last season of Game of Thrones. This is true. So, obviously, you don't like it like him enough to go back and watch his... You know what? I'm going to binge watch this. This <laughs> weekend. This weekend? Yeah. I'll go back and report on my findings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just let that. you know all the different ways I'm excited about Live tweet him. it. Live you tweet know? it. There you go. <laughs> I'll twitch it. <laughs> I don't hate Jonah Hill as an actor. I just think he's very, like, a set actor no i haven't seen the wolf of wall street he's not good in the wolf of wall street i feel like he's still playing like basically a more adult version well not like just the same sort of basic character arc yeah he really seems like like he's not like adam sandler who can really pull off a good dramatic role sometimes right get like really creepy like there's a new trailer out for an adam sandler movie that yeah it looks that does amazing look and creepy in that. like and like but i don't see jonah hill right now being able to do that well kind of going on that creepy vibe if i was to really have an honest opinion about who i would want him to play uh, see him play mm-hmm. um i'd like him to give a give it a shot and be someone like victor's ass really yeah okay 
I mean, you would have to turn up the creep factor quite a bit to be to pull off Victor's as on on live screen live. Yeah, live screen, live action, live action. Thank you, big screen live action because they did in Gotham and they paid him played him up more comedic mm. than what he should be. I mean, the hmm. dude cuts himself for every person he kills. Yeah, Ew. and he has just hash marks all over his body. It's 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 pretty homicidal. Yeah, um, I mean, if that'd the, be interesting. If, I heard someone throw out ventriloquist. Like, I think that would oh, okay. kind of honestly be a very interesting role for him. I thought his name was Scarface, or is that just the puppet? Just the pep, the no. puppet. The puppet's name Scarface. I mean, that could be kind of interesting. I mean, it would be kind of goofy, and then it turns out he's also a homicidal maniac mm-hmm. that has a yeah. gun in the puppet. Then yeah, yeah. But um, I think he could definitely turn up the creep factor. I don't think he has the build for it because, if I remember correctly, Zaz is supposed to be really like gaunt and he's very he's very svelte. Yeah, like he can change your figure, you know, especially if you're rich. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is very true. But like, it, 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 it's more of a wiry body type than it is. Oh, so it'd be like, very hard to do in a healthy yeah. manner. Yes, I see. But J- Christian Bale did it. You know. Uh, wa- Joaquin Phoenix has done it, you know, for Joker. So neither of those two people are normal, healthy people. This though. is also yeah. true. <laughs> they, 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 they've taken years off their life, I'm sure, with yeah. the stresses they put on themselves. <laughs> but it's okay. It's the years with it's, a lot of money. It's, so. for, it's for the art. Yeah, it's, they're gonna it's leave the behind the legacy. Yeah. Well. I am not looking forward to Jonah Hill being in a Batman movie. That's all I have to say. Well, then just look forward to enjoying his moment of death. <laughs> Maybe he'll somehow surprise us. Maybe. 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 Like Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker. Oh, no. <sighs> oh, no. Last thing I wanted to say, just a quick aside, just like no one's asking for a Madam Wed movie, I don't think anybody in their right mind is asking for a reboot series to Walker Texas Ranger, let alone starring Jared Pedlecki, who has done now 16 seasons of Supernatural, I want to say. Hey, guy's got to eat. Yeah. Does he? I, I hear I they have their own plane like, to go to different Supernatural Comic Cons now. Yeah, I, f- I feel like he's got all the money in the bag. I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> those are just residuals from Gilmore Girls, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. I, I forget about those, <laughs> those checks coming in. I'm pretty sure he just... Throws those straight into the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Toilet paper. So, uh, yes, it it sounds like either CBS or the CW will be developing a... Well, CW was half owned by CBS. CBS and Warner Brothers. It just seems like it's going to be like very young oriented or something. Like maybe they're trying to go for a different crowd. Like the idea, I would assume if it goes to CBS, is the idea is like, hey, you know how you really love Supernatural? Well, Jared Padalecki, half of the half of the the brothers is not leaving. He's going to be Tech Rocker, Texas Stranger, and maybe Jensen Eccles will show up every once in a while. Yeah. And one of them could be Walker, and the other one is Texas Ranger. <laughs> and it's Talladega Nights all over. <laughs> Sweet I, baby Jesus. I just, I don't know. Like, I think that was a phenomenon because of Chuck Norris. Yeah. I don't really feel like it's a thing that people were going to tune in to watch. Yeah. I mean, Chuck Norris brought a lot of baggage to that role, in a sense, because he's Chuck Norris. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why you watch it. And I feel like it, it got it got some popularity after it went off air because of the Chuck Norris memes, like the idea of Chuck Norris, you know, you don't find Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris finds you. Yeah. yeah. What were those called? The True Facts or something? True, fa- True yeah. Facts. Norris yeah. Facts. Plus, Paul, Paul Rudd always bringing... Oh, no, that's the... That's Mac and that's me. That's Mac and me. <laughs> No, Conan O'Brien did have a, a thing where he had the lever, the Walker Texas Ranger lever that he could pull 
just in the middle of the show and it would just show a clip from Walker, Texas Ranger in the middle of his show. <laughs> All right. Huh. Was that when he was on NBC? That's when he was on NBC. Because okay. yeah, I think it's a universe. It, well, it might not have been a universal show. I don't know. But it was weird. It just, I mean, I know when I lived in Texas, um, a ton of people watched it. Did they? Did they love yeah, it there? I'm pretty sure they did. I mean, they felt I, represented. I, I, like, I know I've known people who liked Texas Ranger like when it was on, but... And they've been rebooting everything from that time period, so I mean, they, it makes sense, I guess. You're, you know what? Just, but I mean, they did MacGyver. Boxer Texas Ranger could has to be not that far behind. It yeah, makes sense. that's a, yeah. That's <laughs> where what, we're going. What exactly is a ranger in the law enforcement hierarchy? Are they like sheriffs? It's it's above sheriff, below state, I believe. Yeah, state cop, a state trooper? Yeah. Or it might be their version of a state trooper in Texas. I don't know if they actually have state. Remember. They're the ones that are out in the county where you need to have horses instead of uh, vehicles. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. <laughs> why Why do? Why does Texas feel that they just need one more step of law enforcement? Well, they're so big, yeah. It's just a big open space out there. Fair. I guess. Does, I does Alaska also have their own Alaska Rangers? I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. like bobsledding Rangers, probably. Bobsledding? Should it be more like dog sledding? I don't. That's the one. Oh, okay. I think so. I mean, unless they're at the top of a hill and they need to get down <laughs> fast. I think you just started a new show. <laughs> I think there should be a cop show that the the form of transportation is a sled so the crime always has to happen at the top of a mountain or at the bottom of a mountain <laughs> yes and they need to get there fast and they need to get there quick yeah uh and a jamaican comes from jamaica oh, to be snap. the new cop the new ranger the yes. new bobsled ranger get, get dougie doug he's not doing anything sure <laughs> Uh, okay, I don't know why I wanted to save that story for last, but that, that's what we needed to save it and, and talk about because that. Because it's not as ridiculous as the episode we're about to discuss. The episode <sighs> we, we watched this week was Grieve No More, episode five of Carnival Row, first season. Before we get anywhere with this, I want to quickly jump to the one main point of all the stupid things that happened in this episode. Mm. I didn't hate this episode. I just yeah. just shook my head several times. Yeah. What the hell is Longer Bear's daughter doing all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why you gotta make me hate her now? <laughs> like, why? Weird. I went from being like, "Oh, this is such an interesting character. She's smart and all this," and then I'm a racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that was so weird because she starts what? off her speech with being, "When we came, when my mother's people came here." They were yeah. shunned and turned away and hated because they looked different and stuff. So yeah. what I have to say about that is we should do the same to these things because yeah. they're not they're different. Their skin color is not what is not the same. Mm-hmm. But what happened which, to my people is not the same. This is deserved. Yeah, which, I mean, it was kind of sort of mentioned earlier, too, when um, at the tea party. Mm hmm. Sort of that the one neighbor guy kind of goes on the Mr. rant Grievous? with yeah Algris something Grace Mr. Yeah or as you he put it mentions like in Pango my Cowardian. like my city was all pucks and we didn't want equality we didn't want other people in our you know so it's, it's kind of sort of I guess reflecting on that too but at the I'm like it's so weird it just seems like such a 180 of the character that seemed so interesting and then it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Is and what it felt like. Unless it's just her power play. Unless she is just playing for power. Yeah. 
Because we also mentioned like, okay, well, what's going to happen with her father's position? And we talked about like, well, is she going to get it? And we're like, that, that doesn't, doesn't make, make any, any sense. sense. Yeah, yeah but, but that then is exactly they throw what this, <laughs> and I'm like, well, what is my rights as a woman in this place? Because it seems like I'm dependent on my brother for money, but then I can get my father's title. Well, I, I did <laughs> notice right before, right when she in was position, talking yeah. and the chancellor started talking, there were other women politicians there. Like oh, it's very few. There's like I think maybe saw one or two, but there were other women there. So I guess it's not unheard of for women politicians. I but, guess. But yeah, it doesn't seem like the male female power. I mean, if is we're still equal. wearing all those layers, we do not have even close to equality. <laughs> like it's just no, in, in the, the clothing last... doesn't make sense to what's happening. <laughs> like in the last episode, they did kind of touch up on because when she's having the conversation with her father, she's saying like, "Oh, you know, like they're starting to let women into the college now," and that's when she was saying she wants to go study and. You know, things were getting kind of hairy there for a moment when you mm-hmm. think there was going to be a potential like patricide. <laughs> but like maybe that is like sort of kind of indicative that there is a changing in the status quo as far as, uh, you know, women's place yeah. in society, that things are changing a little bit more. It's just slow and it's still not quite but, accepted. But my problem with that that you point out is like it's it's slow, but then it's quick on things that should have been delayed like yes, been drawn out. introducing women to colleges is like one of the first steps <laughs> not women being in congress like it's just, <laughs> like that's it just kind of contradicts itself the, the writing really contradicts it it's like they're still trying to figure out what the world is it's, it's what like it really the world writing. building yeah. as the writing well see that's it i i, I could when when she's having her speech about the whole uh her her mother's uh people and stuff like that i'm like oh man they're gonna she's gonna turn it around and be like i hate the, the Faye people like I could see it coming yeah and all I could think about was this writer sitting in that writer's room being like oh this is fucking brilliant oh yeah she's gonna sit there she's gonna it sounds like she's struggling or she's she's gonna feel compassion for the Faye and then boom turn it around on them the audience is never gonna suspect and I was like this is I hate that guy I, yeah whoever that writer it's is that, oh well, they're not gonna expect it like oh, I like no no I saw it coming as soon as she started the speech as soon as she was standing how she was standing and then also the other thing that you could see coming a mile away was uh, the chancellor's son sitting up there oh, in in Congress, smitten like a little kid. And now, yeah, he's in love with her. It's like, oh, like, come on. Oh, I'm, I'm dealing with this stuff with my mom right now, but man, that babe. Let's talk about that though. Let's talk about this prophecy that is now news to us. Apparently, I, climbed, I crawled up naked, covered in ash. Yeah, that what was that was about? Just like, what lady? <laughs> like, what to so see the augers or otter or her, something like her that? people yeah. were not fae but apparently believe in magic and prophecy and stuff obviously obviously she deals with the the one witch often enough mm-hmm. um but yeah she heard a pro- she, the reason she married the chancellor in the first place is because she the prophecy said that uh her husband would be great mm-hmm. but the son his son is going to be even greater yeah one that's vague enough to be like, well, the no one, no, nowhere does that say that this is the son. Yeah. And then two, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> is that a basis mm-hmm. for yeah. getting married? Well, the other thing she mentioned at speech is she said um, monarchs have been restored. Yes. So to me, that means restored. she has royal blood in her, and mm-hmm. she's wanting to get it mm-hmm. back. So that's how I took that. That's line. her end game. That's this her is- end game. Is ultimate power monarchy I, I i don't understand so i th- i really feel like they shot that pilot of this show 
and mm-hmm. the idea was we're going to do crime procedural, yep. but with with all these mystical creatures. So you had the whole Jack the Ripper esque mm-hmm. storyline in that first episode, yeah. And uh, then um, Amazon was like, "That's cool." But we need something that has a lot more um, politics like Game of Thrones. So then writers started struggling to be like, okay, well, we'll throw in a chancellor and two mm-hmm. warring sides and a whole bunch of immigrants. And yeah, well, it will just mimic what's going on in the world now. And it's just, it's all yeah, convoluted. It, you know, it really feels like what this is, this like side plot is, is like a second season plot. Yes, absolutely. Is actually what I would go for. Mm-hmm. But same, same with the, the whole uh, Spurn Roses. I don't understand where, where this has anything to do with the other two stories that are going on in this world. <laughs> yeah. That we're being shown. Unless unless the rich uh, puck is also the one that's controlling the, the Dark Asher, which is the other part of the story that I just... They are not giving us any real clues of who's controlling that thing. Like, but I, now we have a connection. We do have a connection. Which is like the most ridiculous, like, oh, really? Which was kind of sad, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very. But still, like, so it's targeting people from Philo's past. Yeah, but not Philo. But not, yeah. And... At least not yet. Not yet. And... Do you think... Like, the past he doesn't even know about, though, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like... Were they trying to tell us that the... The mortician, mm-hmm. uh, the one that we found out in this episode, was uh, was gay with the guy who raised Philo in the orphanage. Yeah, like the, the headmaster. The headmaster. headmaster yeah. yeah. Um, is he the one that performed the wingdectomy on Philo? That's what I'm going with, That's especially the... since they kept that scene blurry. But, but he's the one just... that wakes up from it. Like he wakes up from the dream of remembering it. Yeah, Philo does. I don't. I mean, unless he has some kind of magical like yeah. thing where he's tapping into the dude's brain as he was thinking about it, like yeah. the the scenes did weren't edited well for me. No, as they were just mashed together. That's not how. Dreams <laughs> work, but. So if he also did it, then he also has a connection to. Then mm-hmm. I don't know. Like he's like, uh, I need to tell you that uh, that one dude did know the headmaster guy a long time ago, and uh, yeah, like. That's when you would slip in and be like, yeah, and I was also there when we cut off your wings. Like, that's the kind of thing that you would say. Yeah. If you were if you were sitting there burying your your lies and all your secrets to this guy right now, yeah. why would you keep that one secret? Because oh, you need to die. You can't, you can't <laughs> say it. You got to die true. first. Philo's got to figure it out after you're dead. We saw the fish rat. We saw we the saw fish rat. We saw the fish rat. I, I felt so bad for it. thing. He's just like, go ahead and kill it. And she slices it up in three pieces and it's still moving around. I He's, already told you. <laughs> it doesn't die until you die. You know Why what, though? did you slice I it first? it in a jar. I actually think that that was kind of clever because, as we can see, Philo's the kind of guy that needs to see to believe something. So if they just told him, was like, hey, this thing's not going to die until you do. It's just like, no, I want to show you because I know that you're the guy that needs visual proof. Look, it's not dying. Jackass. It's still alive. But I mean, at at least you can sew it back up together and still be one piece. I guess that's true. It's some weird... I felt (laughs) so bad. I wanted it to be like at least something that he could keep around as a pet, like his dog. Somehow be slightly useful. But nope, it's... But it's a fish and a mole rat and you're like, how is that going to blend together in a useful manner? Maybe he can give it to the kobold guy now that he lost all of them. Uh, 
so yeah what was that that part of the story too the beginning <laughs> of the movie or the beginning of the episode starts with seeing the kobolds again and this time yeah. they're performing a, a little show and it's on the murders. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I quite enjoyed that. I actually yeah, really liked it. Was, it. And I was like, this is how it would be around, well, if our time frame and it, like a ten- entertainers would do that. They yes. would over dramatize. They would basically tell the news. <laughs> but like, I so, quite enjoyed that. And I'm then gonna, it took this turn. Yeah. <laughs> well, we find out an interesting detail that somebody that was in that audience is also like the person that the madam that ran, runs the brothel. Yes. yes. And she oh, has indeed. a connection to it. So yeah, there's a connection between those two and then they, yeah, the, the, all the connections here are like, okay, I see connections, but they don't lead to anything. They're just... Well, then there's also the singing in that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if the kobold was singing or if there was it was a recording that was playing and the kobold was... was it was a recording. It was a singing. recording. You, the, yeah, he had a little So then the it was the... It's. I would assume it's a recording of the lady mm-hmm. that we come to find out is actually Philo's mother. Yeah, because it's the same yeah. song that Philo remembers. If it's the Lole lullaby, and and we knew that the lady who was killed in the first episode was uh, a singer, and I'm guessing that's who was on that uh, slab. So yeah, yeah. so he, his mother died, and he didn't even know that it was his mother. Yeah, that was the sad part. Was like he figured out who his mother was. But yet, like weeks after she was brutally murdered, like <laughs> and just, had her liver ripped out, and had her liver ripped out, which, which we find out from the witch that that's where certain things are held. Yeah, secrets are held or something. Yeah, like that. I already got curious enough to look up like spells with livers. And there's everything on the internet. <laughs> um, you can do like it's only dark magic naturally. So, but there's like one thing where you can smite your enemies with it. Okay. So, Basically, like a voodoo doll. Ah. Like you get the spirit using the liver as a sort of conduit, I guess, or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then you like smite my enemy, like take all his energy or whatever. That was the one thing I could find on it. So, would that mean it would be someone that knows about Philo's past and wants Philo? I don't know. Done. Yeah. And it could also just be its own secret thing. I just yeah. probably researched something for no reason. But I was really <laughs> curious. I was like, I know liver has something to do with dark magic. I just well, can't remember. Most body parts do. <laughs> Internal organs. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, it's th- this episode was really all over the place. And I don't like it's I don't understand. I, I really just don't understand who the Dark Asher is working for, and it, it's upsetting me. Like, I figure by this point in the season, mm-hmm. we should have at least a few suspects. We yeah. don't really have any suspects. No. You know what I also found interesting about this episode? Hmm. I think I saw uh, Cara Delevingne, like, in maybe two scenes total. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't in it a lot. No. And, like, one was she acts, she runs into Philo when he comes to the brothel just right. to kind of mm-hmm. do his own investigation. And that exchange was kind of fun where she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm here on business. And she's like, oh, okay. And then just, like, that's it. Like, well, they're just kind of... Well, I like how she yeah, also like, walks away and she's like, go fuck yourself. And he's like, well, I saved your ass last week, so... <laughs> uh, I mean, I just wanted to... I don't know. It was weird. And uh, the second scene that we see her in is almost kind of just accidental, kind of. Is that the scene when she's... She's delivering something to the... Oh, the lottery numbers? Yes. She takes the lottery numbers. I guess that's part of what their whole racketeering that they do, um, kind of on the down low, Mm -hmm. is they do an illegal lottery, I'm guessing. Yeah, which is based off the newspaper. Which was also weird because, like, she didn't quite understand what the numbers would be, like what mm-hmm. the actual winning numbers are. And uh, Tourmaline 
had yeah. to explain to her, yes, it's these three, these last three numbers. That, that's the winning numbers. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, well, mm-hmm. did anybody win? She's like, not this week. Yeah, nobody oh. on her lots, I guess, yeah. had them. Yeah. And, Which uh, we find out that the maid for the Spurn Roses plays every week. Yeah. yeah. She has her numbers or whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just. It's, it's, it was a mess of an episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but. And then all of a sudden, the maid's super duper nice to Vignette now that she's out. Right? <laughs> like, whoa. I but like, I, it kind of makes sense because, Vign- I mean, because since her position was over Vignettes, like, right. whatever Vignette would get her in trouble too. So she had to be kind of harsh. So maybe this is actually how she actually is to her kind. <laughs> to her kind? Well, like, she's like, she sits there and she's like, what did I tell you? Make something of yourself. And I'm like, when did she tell her that? <laughs> Did she, she like give her some bread to go away too? Did like, we miss an episode? I don't know, somewhere? but yeah, she's like, I didn't tell you to go join the Ravens, the Dark Ravens. That's dumb. She's like, she's like, well, it's the only thing I could do. She's <laughs> like, they're gonna slit your throat. It's like, all right, thanks. Well, what are your numbers? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what are your numbers? <laughs> uh, but my favorite bit of world building, uh, which is one of the things I like about shows like this, mm-hmm. we finally get to see a little bit more of the martyr. Oh <sighs> yeah, that. Which I was like, oh, he's a guy who was hung. Yeah. And it makes you, well, I don't know, it makes me think. I was like, you know, you don't really think about how gruesome it is to have iconography or worship Mm -hmm. someone that was like tortured to death until you see it in a slightly different context. (laughs) This is exactly what I was doing. I'm sitting here watching the episode and I'm like, is that a dude hung by his neck or is that part of their, and and Elizabeth was like, that's that's their version of the crucifix. And I was like, I was like, what? That's gruesome. And I was like, wait. Wait, the crucifixion's pretty bad too. (laughs) I would say like the difference though is like crucifixion was specifically a Roman punishment, right? Whereas like hanging, every society did hanging. Everybody's got the version of hanging. So to us, it's more gruesome because it's not as. And also the 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 new headmaster that Philo's talking to, Mm -hmm. his essential rosary beads is a noose and a bunch of knots, and I was like. Oh, I yeah, would not like, want to walk what? around with that around my neck. And uh-huh. also, they uh, even the nomenclature that they use, like the the parlances. I remember uh, the the woman that Philo is sleeping with mm-hmm. says something to the effect of "God's noose" as a way of saying like, I don't know, like Jesus Amen. Christ, I guess, oh. or something like that. Yeah, like, they're really gonna have to explain this. To yeah, me. it's like uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of a neat, you know, like they're paying attention to those details, which I appreciate, but they're not. Like, I feel like they're just throwing out things that eventually, like, if someone wanted to do the deep dive, could, but mm-hmm. there's, it's just, like, things you're throwing out there. Like, like how Steven said with the names. It's it's literally just mm-hmm. grabbing two things, throwing them together, and putting it on the script well, instead of researching There's power it. in yeah. joining of unlike things. This is true. Uh, there is power in... Jo- oh, man, John, you're just giving this show way too much credence. <laughs> so I gotta, much. I gotta introduce myself somehow with it. Um... Yeah, there's just I don't know. There's just so much with this episode. That On a side note, that that remaining headmaster now from the orphanage, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if he looked familiar to anyone else, but he was one of the warlocks from Game of Thrones. Oh, I did not. I mean, it makes I I, I kind of just think all skinny white dudes with no hair look the same, but yeah. it's racist. But yes, this, <laughs> this was the exact same guy. Yeah, he he's the one that took Danny's dragons. Right. Okay. Um. Uh. One thing I I. I I almost literally passed out from rolling my eyes so hard <laughs> was when he, when Philo walks into the, the boy's sleeping area or whatever, and he's sitting there longingly looking at the bed. Mm-hmm. Like you obviously get that that's the bed that he used to sleep in. Uh-huh. And then you look down and it's his initials. And it's like, yes, cause we couldn't get it before. Yep. Like it's just, 
And then he's also right underneath the hung man. Yeah. That's so I know maybe this was kind of a weird thing or maybe I'm just like overthinking it like I tend to do. But the initials were written like from the outside of the bed. And I always feel like if you're... You would, you'd, you'd you sit writing. on your bed to write yeah, your initials. Yeah. You, you would be sitting stand. in it. Yeah. You would do it. It would be the like. It, it should have looked upside down. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But um, I mean, maybe somebody's like, I'm going to stand next to my bed and then just write on it this I, way. No, I think that's just an oversight introduction <laughs> design. They're like, no, no, no. It works this way because this is the, where the camera's going to be yeah, sitting. It's going to be standing there. Um, yeah. Also, uh, him jumping on the bed, falling off, and you know. <laughs> And getting a big old scar in the back of his all I can think is that nursery rhyme. Monkeys, <laughs> three monkeys jumping on the bed, one falls off and cracks his head. Nope. Yeah. Come on. No more monkeys. <laughs> it's just, it was, it's like things like that. I'm just like, people are getting paid to write this. Yeah. It's, it's harsh. Maybe not a lot though. They're bidding, they're getting a second season. They're writing it right now. You know, apparently the ending saves everything from oh, what I'm getting. Really? Like, because everything I've seen, like before we started watching this, I saw just rave reviews. I was excited to watch it. And then just I'm like, I did. I did. Is it because I'm watching it so slow? I, like, what is it? You know, that's what I, I did think about that during this episode. I was like, as much as these episodes are hard to slog through, mm-hmm. I feel like if we would have binged the whole thing, it, it, it would make a lot more sense because <laughs> there's not time for us to contemplate and, and reflect mm. on what we watch. Yeah. And that's like, and that might be my problem with like binge watching is that you can get away with bad writing because you're absorbing it so quickly that you can't mm-hmm. think about it. And mm-hmm. being like, no, that's kind of sort of. It's like diarrhea versus constipation. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite the analogy. Uh, and there's a few exceptions to that. I mean, Stranger Things is very well written, yeah, even though yeah. it is a binge watch show. But and each episode they, of Stranger Things also yeah. ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, but and they also like set it one plot line, mm-hmm. one major plot line that's everybody's dealing with. These all feel like four different plot lines ha- trying to come together. But I, 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 I actually see no way of how these four different it, stories can can come together. Yeah. It's with it making sense and with the amount of episodes we have left. And because we only have three. It occurred to me, too, in this episode, the guy with the kobolds, is he a human? I he's got a very unique mm-hmm. look. So it makes me think that he's a fae that's pretending to be human. Yeah. But all we've been shown now is that he's human. Yeah, because, you know, he, they were asking him about permits. Like, they weren't hassling him as if he was a fae. Right. Yeah. Uh, they were hassling him because of what his like, his property, his pe- essentially, yeah. the, the, the kobolds. And I thought to myself, like, when he, you know, the through, like, the bureaucracy of whatever, you know, like, trying to confirm if he had a permit for those kobolds or not, you know, he ends up falling asleep. They take him away and ship him out to some other country. Mm-hmm. Which, how deep of a sleep do you have to be that yeah. you don't hear five right screaming next kobolds to next to you know, being taken away but when he finds out they're oh yeah they're already on the boat like if you run maybe you can catch it and he it's already like sailing almost past the horizon oh, no. i thought for a second he was gonna like flip his wings out and start flying after it to get his kobolds and why is he just standing oh, there no. maybe he was a, maybe he's not a maybe he's not a pix maybe he's a pan and and uh and you know, but he doesn't have horns or like he had the hoof well, legs. Well, I'm saying he might be hiding the hoof legs, and the horns were sawed off like uh, Philo's wings. I don't, know. Ooh, I don't know what the way the horns are on uh, Mr. Agrees, whatever his name Agrius. is. They're pretty like 
yeah to his skin which, which made me think is that temple. the way it is on 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 rams like do they go into their eyes because the, these no. ones go right into your eyes the that's that's one no, thing that does bug so. me about this makeup is that no like they're very defined where they come out of on mm-hmm. the head mm-hmm. and this is kind of like they fade into your skin yeah yeah and like when they're talking and expressing they move. parts that look like horn also kind of just like flex and they shouldn't yeah, yeah and, and it, that looks a little distracting yeah, it's an interesting choice it is an interesting choice but kind of on the same note of picking a uh, speaking of pans we have like another side story that wasn't <laughs> introduced so yeah, yeah i wanted to bring this up we have basically radicalization happening here yeah like they i mean i I don't know maybe i'm looking too far ahead into that like the idea that you have this quasi-religious group that's passing out bibles with food and then Mm -hmm. this guy come who's obviously down on his luck comes in and is like oh well i'll i'll take a look at your bible or they didn't call it bible they called it uh rituals or i don't think i wrote the it writ or something like that yeah, yeah there was a word for it it was a it was a word and he's like i read it back and forth tell me more like kind of thing it, it, to yeah. me it really felt like they're gonna go with some type of uh as for lack of a better comparison islamic com- radicalization <laughs> like yeah. yeah convert to um the pan yeah, yeah some kind of pan religion and do something for us because he kept looking over at that dark dark room that had some type of writing on top of the doorway like something is going on in that room yeah and he definitely seems like he's even more interested now yeah um I, yeah i don't know why they would introduce that <laughs> why is that a new thing is that going to be in, is that going to be connected to the dark asher no clue um speaking of the dark asher we still we after we found out about the more mortician no mm-hmm. coroner coroner getting uh be being uh homosexual he gets killed as he's 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 like, hey, I I might just come out and tell everybody like this. It, there's no reason to have this secret anymore, mm-hmm. or at least he says not no reason to have any more secrets, uh, which could come back to the fact that he might have been ready to tell Philo about himself yeah. or about Philo. Um, but yeah, the Dark Asher comes in and kills the dog first, which sucked, and then kills the coroner. Yep. Gippy, Gippy, something. Like Is it that. was, was yeah. it Gippy? I thought he kept saying Kitty. I was like, did you I name your dog Gippy. Kitty? It sounded like Gippy. Gippy, oh, which okay. Gippy was like a very evolutioned dog, and I'm yeah. like, it's the seventh century. Like, did they have a BC? Maybe like, what's happening with time here? We don't know. I, don't know. Um, I also noticed that. When Jonah was getting lectured, he's going to go back to school or whatever, take double his classes. They said the month Austri, you should finish by Austri. Yeah, by the next Austri. And I was which, like, you mean August? I don't, yeah, I don't know if that was, was a month like, or if that was just, next, like next semester. Yeah, they're just saying all these new words for things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was essentially it was just a, a vehicle to get him into the parliament room so that he could fall in love with yeah, Sophie. Sophie, little racist Sophie. And of course, you know, the do you think it helped the fact that she is going against his father? Or is was it just because she's a passionate woman and he was he was falling in love with her? No, I think it's she's a passionate woman because I think that's the reason why he goes to the picks is Okay. Yeah, he's probably just looking for something unique. Hmm. All right. Going into the last three episodes of the season, I feel like we have a lot of ground to cover. They have a lot of loose ends that they have to tie off, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you I don't, don't have to tie off all of them if you have a guaranteed second season, to be fair. True. But, but 
I don't know. I, I don't understand what, what they're going to be doing with this show at this point. Mm-hmm. My only hope is that at least before the end of the season, we get one more shot of those bioluminescent wings. Because <laughs> that only happens at certain times. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> for the sake of the characters, they've, they've earned it. So by the end of the show, do we find out Philo's exact history? What do you guys think? Uh, part of it, probably. Do we find out who's creating the dark? Who created the Dark Asher? I think Imagine that, one, that yeah. one will be yes. Yeah. Do we find out uh, the exact end game for the Chancellor's wife? Uh, mm. I hope so. Okay. Oh. And uh, do the Spurn Roses? Does Does Imogen actually fall in love with? Mr. Gravis, Gravis, whatever his name is. Gravis, I don't know. Yes. Hey, Argreus? Yes. I think yes. I'm going to go with yes. This episode, we, we didn't really cover that part of it. We but, didn't. I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, they make the deal where they're going to have tea and they invite it like two other prominent families in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And all of them have the same reaction, kind of like a guess who's coming to dinner situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're like, no, he's, you know, he's here. And then when they kind of talk on their own, you know, they're definitely chit-chatting about like, you know, can you believe this? And this is ridiculous. And what's the world coming to kind of, you know, conversations. And Imogen is about to just Imogen's, call the whole thing off. Yeah, Imogen yeah. pretty much broke. She was like, I can't do this. You have to go. And it was like, what about our deal? It's like, obviously I can't keep my end of it. So you don't just have to keep your end. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Like, let's just end it. And he was about to go. But then uh, Mr. His, Sperm Rose, whatever Ezra. his name is. Yeah. Ezra, Ezra, Ezra walks in and is like, hey. You know what? I actually do want your money. So <laughs> money, money makes the world go around. So I will sit here and shake your hand and be cordial with you. Please sit down and we're going to deal with all this. And I kind of compared this to uh, the scene in one of my favorite movies. Um, was it Can't Buy Me Love? Okay. Where mm. uh, the guy starts doing that ridiculous African dance. Oh, yes. Thinking oh. that it was like... The new uh, hip-hop dance. Yeah, whatever it was. And at first, everybody's like, you know, mocks him and ridicules him. But because he does it so confidently, they're like, oh, maybe this is the new thing. And they start doing it and it catches on like wildfire. And yep. um, Well, I do have to say this. This was the first time I ever saw confidence in Ezra in yeah. the whole oh, yeah. season. Like, like He just came this? in and been like, yep, you're our buddy now. So <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Like... But then he, I mean, later on, he has the whole discussion with Imogen. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, it sucks. This is this is the most vile thing I've had to do, but we're going to get the money. Yeah. And it kind of, I, I, I assume he's implying that, hey, if it goes as far, you're going to end up marrying him. Yeah. And she was like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, Basically. she does love money, too. Yeah. And she does love money, too. But I, I don't know. I still feel like it is going to be that she's going to start getting I, feelings. I also but, felt oh. like when she was like, saying hey uh you know we're not gonna be able to do this between the two of us and it's not gonna work out like and he was like uh well what about your you know you going back to poverty and she's like well then that happens and i just wanted to be him to be like well then i'll just buy your house too when you when you guys have to move out like <laughs> kind of thing because that was obviously that was such a big deal for her the first time she was talking with her brother in this episode it's like yeah. I, this house will not go for sale we will not lose this house yeah she was very attached to her house and yeah. i was like do you have fond memories or, I mean, that's probably I think it's just the have. status. It's yeah. just the status symbol. So. I suppose it could be the status symbol, but. All right. So there's uh, some of our predictions and what we thought of the episode. 
We'll, we'll have to see what happens. I, I hope really that... want to like this show. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I hope Philo names the uh, Dark Asher he created and it comes into play at some point, like saves him at the last minute or something. I mean, that can't just be the end of it. I mean, that, I feel... I feel like that's not just not even like I already feel bad for the mole rat fish, but I feel like that's not a good story device. Like I feel like it should it should be able to do something other than just live as long as he would have been so cool <laughs> if it just randomly popped up one day and just like helped him like get away from something or just yeah. protect him in some way but he chose a mole rat fish yes and and you should have picked something with wings too. yeah <laughs> or like a claws or bird something dog. pigeon cat <laughs> pigeon cat pigeon cat would be great <laughs> but no you think cat dog was a dark asher yes yes, yes. i do <laughs> All right, John, where can people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. And Jessica? I'm on Twitter at JM Bailey Writes. I am on Twitter at, at Michipedia GEM. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.